0: So it's great to have you here this morning um, as we continue on in our series, The Miracles of Christmas. And we're going to look at two miracles today, um, but how about a little Shakespeare Christmas, huh? Yeah, anybody Shakespeare fans? Some of you, no, a couple, all right. I, I wasn't actually, but um, I, thought, I found this picture and I thought it was really cool to put up. No, not really. But, but as we think about you know, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo, right? Copy some of the most famous words from Shakespeare. But uh, that same Romeo and Juliet it goes on and, and uh, Juliet saying to Romeo, asking a question, what's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Now, Juliet's problem was she loved Romeo, right? But they were two different families, two different last names, and uh, Juliet uh, was a Capulet. Romeo was a Montague. It was kind of like the Hatfields and the McCoys, right? Now, for those of you that aren't into Shakespeare, now you really get it, right? And and so that's the way it was. And And Juliet's problem was that their families were at odds with each other. They were sworn enemies. And Juliet is trying to make the point that what Romeo's name is really doesn't matter because he's still the same guy. He's still the same man she loves, no matter what his name. And she's trying to make the point that names don't matter. Well, in that case, they probably do, but don't at the same time. However, for you and I today, names do matter. Names do matter. How about this? Um, I got some, um, yeah, Ford Chevy, Dodge. My dad' names mattered because my dad would not buy any other product, car-wise, than a Chrysler product. I don't even think they're still in business, are they? I, I, you know, sorry, Dad. He's, you know, but but there you go. Names matter, and and then uh, we've got uh, AT and T, right? Apple, Microsoft. Names matter when you're looking for that kind of stuff. And then how about this? When we go Nike. Adidas, Under Armour, depending, got to have the right shoe, right? Names matter. And then how about jeans? Levi's, Wrangler, Lee, names, all of these names. Folks, names matter. But let's get back to the Christmas story, all right? We don't need Shakespeare. We don't need all these business corporate logos here because we're going to see that names do matter, especially when they're names of God. And so if you have your Bibles with you this morning, please open to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible underneath the pew in front of you, the chair I should say, in front of you, there should be a Bible close at hand or your tablet phone. Uh, Scroll down there to Matthew chapter 1. And uh, we're going to look at verses 18 to 23. And so let me just start reading for you from Matthew chapter 1. And uh, verse 18, Scott preached on this text last week, but Matthew 1:18. this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. So here we are, it's Christmas time, the birth of Jesus, that's what we're celebrating. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, a righteous man, some translations will say, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, right? And Scott last week preached on the miraculous conception. We talk about the virgin conception, the virgin birth, but it really was the virgin conception. And that's what the angel told Joseph. You go to the book of Luke and you'll see that the angel told Mary that as well to name, then, as we look further, that son. A specific name. But the virgin conception. Now take notice as we move on through here. Start Looking at verse 21. There are two names in these verses. And that's the two names of Jesus. Two names of God that really matter. And in fact in our text we are going to see that there are names that point to miracles. They point to miracles. And the miracles are the forgiveness of sin and the presence of God. Those are miracles, folks. We may not typically think of the forgiveness of sin as a miracle, but it absolutely is. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. The presence of God. So look at Matthew, verse, chapter 1, verse 21. And here's what we continue on. She will give birth, Mary, to a son. And you are to give him, Jesus, the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Two names, Jesus. The name Jesus means God saves. God saves. So right away, just with the name, we find that Jesus, the son of God, is God God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit Jesus is God and here we find out Jesus that name means God saved now why would that name be important because of what the angel said to Joseph when he said give him the name Jesus why because he will save his people from their sins So we see the forgiveness of God. Jesus saves. That's the the word God saves, and he forgives our sin when we believe. This is referring to the work of Jesus, what he did for us. But then he goes on, and in verse 23, we're told by the prophet, that prophet was Isaiah, Chapter 7, verse 14, you can go back into Isaiah and look at the text there, but we're told too that a second name that he was given, you will call. they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, God saves. Emmanuel, God with us. We're talking about the presence of God in the lives of those who believe. What he does, God saves. Who he is... Emmanuel, God with us. So let me zero in on the name, Jesus. That God said, we, we just heard our children sing gospel bells, right? The gospel, that Jesus died in our place for our sins. That's what it's all about. That's why Jesus came to be born to this earth, and that's why we celebrate that birth at Christmas time. So, in order for Christmas to be the most wonderful time of the year, as we say, we must understand that the miraculous Christmas story that God became man, that he came to this earth in the form of a baby, as a human being. His name was Jesus, that that story also revealed the worst news ever. You're like, what what did you just say? The Christmas story has two aspects. The first one is that it reveals some really, really bad news. In fact, one writer put it this way, the birth of Jesus was bad news. It just wasn't your typical piece of bad news. It was the worst news ever. And you may say, saying, Glenn, what in the world are you talking about? What do you mean the worst news ever? Well, Romans 6.23, for the wages, the penalty, what we've earned, what we deserve for our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The angel told Joseph to name baby Jesus, Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sin. That's what is the worst part of the Christmas story. Jesus had to come because of our sin. And Paul says the wages What we deserve because of our sin, what we have earned because of our sin, is death. That's the worst news ever. Death. The bad news of the Christmas story is that sin existed. Sin makes us active enemies of God. So much so that we don't even see our own sin. So much so that we refuse to believe That we're that bad, that we're as bad as we read we are because of our sin. We like to play the blame game, don't we? If something goes wrong and we react wrongly, what do we do? Well, it's the teacher's fault, or well, it's the coach's fault, or well, it's my boss's fault, or my wife or my husband or my parents or my kids you you get the idea of what we're talking about We go all over the place. We blame everything else for our sin but ourselves because that's what sin does to us. It blinds us to our own need of Jesus Christ. But when we admit our sin, when we acknowledge that we need what Jesus died to provide, forgiveness of sin, and when we accept The worst news ever about the Christmas story, sin, that it's true of us. It makes Christmas that much more wonderful and amazing and glorious when we realize that the wages of sin is death. Sin will bring death to us, but the gift of God, Jesus, the gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God, eternal life, life after death, never-ending presence of God. We're going to get to Emmanuel in just a minute, but death is eternal, forever separation from God in hell. That's what sin does for us, to us. The worst part of the Christmas story But the gift of God, Jesus Christ, was born to die in our place for our sin. Huh? That's the unbelievable, amazing truth of the Christmas story. That the gift of God is Jesus Christ. That Jesus came to save Us from our sin. That's why the angel told Joseph to name that baby boy Jesus. Because he would save his people from their sin. Have you received the gift of forgiveness for your sin? Do you know that Jesus forgives? Do you believe that he died in your place to forgive Your sin. Only God in the person of Jesus Christ can take care of our sin and as a result, the death that it brings. Have you received the gift of salvation? God, help us to grab hold of this amazing truth. And see in Jesus the salvation that we need that comes only through him. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, man, I hope hope that moves your heart. I know it's Christmas and we get all caught up in that stuff, but man, I hope that moves your heart. What an amazing, miraculous truth that Jesus came to die for us and forgive our sin, but he didn't stop there because the next name in our in our passage in Matthew chapter 1, and if you go back there in your Bibles or reopen wherever you were, the verses 22 and 23, The angel said, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us, folks. Again, in order for Christmas to be the most wonderful time of the year, we must also understand that the miraculous story of Christmas, God becoming man. In the form of a baby whose name was Jesus made it possible for all who would believe to experience God with us. The presence of God. God with us. Folks, that's so, when you begin to think about it, how do you put that into words? God dwells in us. Whew. let Just let that rattle around inside your mind and your heart. God with us. When you understand throughout the Old Testament, the tabernacle and then the temple is the dwelling place of God, Not at that point in man, only selectively at point, but then for you and I today, we are now the dwelling place of God, us, God in us. Just let that sink in. You can't go through the Christmas season and miss Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is God, the God who saves. Jesus is Emmanuel, the God who is with us, who can be with us and will be with us when we believe that Jesus saves and came to forgive sin. The only way that God can be with us, the only way, is because he paid the debt for our sins. He paid what we owed, our lives. He took our place on the cross and he died to pay for our sins. And when we believe that to be true, then we're forgiven and the sin is washed away. It is removed, as we say, as the Psalms say, as far as the east is from the west. And guess what? That means then that God comes to dwell in us. God with us. Us, the presence of God. Wow. Folks, you you ought to be having a hard time staying in your seat this morning. I mean, really. Wow. Amen. Jesus is God, the God who saves. He's Emmanuel, the God who is with us. Listen, Joseph needed to know that, didn't he? Can you imagine what... Dads, we think we get it bad some, and really hard sometimes, right? <laughs> Can you imagine being the dad to the son of God, the savior of the world, Jesus, and, and, and just the way it started out, a pregnant wife, and that baby wasn't yours? And it takes an angel to convince you of that story. And then what is the rest of the town going to think? Joseph needed to know that God was with him. And when life got tough, when life got hard, and when things weren't what Joseph thought they ought to be, God with us is what mattered. And when obedience was hard, when he couldn't, Put two and two together, spiritually speaking, God with us is what mattered. The God who saves would be the God who took up presence in his life. And I came up with some thoughts as I began to just let that sink in a little bit. And I got three thoughts that I wanted to just share with you this morning as we bring things to a close. And that is, number one, because God is with us People will notice. Because God is with us, people should notice. We're different. Keep your place there in Matthew, but look back if you'd like to join me to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33. One of my all time favorite texts in the Bible, Exodus 33. Exodus 33 is right on the heels of chapter 32, and you say, wow, that makes sense. Well, but you see, in Exodus chapter 32, God had to judge the sin of the nation of Israel because of the golden calf. Do you remember that story? If you don't, check it out. Exodus 33, God had said, you shall shall have no other God. Don't make any other image of God. And yet the nation of Israel, when Moses and Joshua went up the mountain to get the law from God, they made a golden calf and worshiped, and God judged that sin. Now we get to chapter 33, and, and remember, God is leading the nation of Israel. Pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, and he's directing them, and he says... Chapter 33, verse 3, he says, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. They'd left Egypt. They're on their way to Canaan, the the promised land. But I will not go with you. What? I will not go with you. He says, you're a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. When the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn and no one put on their ornaments and and, and it's like, wow, you got to be kidding, panic. God's been leading them and he says, now I will not go with you. I'll send an angel, but that's it. Well, we get down to verses 7 to 11 and we find out that Moses had set up a tent. We called it the tent of meeting outside of the camp. And that's where Moses would go and pray. And talk to God. And he went there in verse 12 as one of those instances of Moses talking to God in the tent of meeting. And he said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know who you'll send with me. He was going to be God, but now he said, I'm not going with you. He says to them, I know you, you've you said, you've told us, I know you by name and you found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me or show me your ways so that I may know you. And continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And as he continues to pray, the Lord replied in verse 14, My presence will go with you, Moses, singular. And I'll give you singular rest. And Moses keeps praying, Lord, if your presence, verse 15, does not go with us, plural, He doesn't want God's presence just with him. He's saying we need your presence with us as a people, us as a nation. If your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. Why? How will anyone know that you are pleased with me? And get this, folks, and with your people, unless you go with us, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? God's presence will. God with us will make the difference. God with us must show in our lives. It must be seen. It must be demonstrated. How can the God of all creation, the God who saves for those who believe, and when he saves us and forgives us and his presence comes to dwell in us, how can we not let that be seen? But it's so easy. That's why as little kids in Sunday school we sing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And then what's the, hide it under a bushel. No. No. Because when the presence of God takes up his place in our lives, we've got to let it see. That's what will make a difference. That's what will distinguish us from those who don't know God. God. Because God is with us, people must notice. Secondly, because God is with us, who can be against us? Wow. How about that? Because God is with us, who can be against us? Romans, Paul says in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, in verse 31, 32, excuse me, Romans chapter 8, and verse 32, this is what Paul says to us there. He says, He who did not, well, excuse me, verse 31, what then shall we say in response to these things? All of what he just told about the presence of God, all of what he just said about God working all things for our good and his glory. What do we say to these things? If God is for us Romans 8:31 If God is for us who can be against us If God is with us who can be against us What's the answer folks No one Nothing In fact, you go to verses 38 and 39 and we read, For I am convinced, Paul says, that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor neither the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, our Savior, our Forgiver. If God is for us, no one. Can be against us. If God is with us. What else do we need? Because no one can stand against us. And then thirdly. Because God is with us. We can make disciples. It's interesting. Matthew begins with the presence of God. Emmanuel. Matthew ends in chapter 28. With the presence of God. Look at it. Matthew chapter 28 we can make disciples because God is with us look at verse 28 excuse me 20 Matthew 28 verse 19 Matthew 28 verse 19 Uh, yeah here we go therefore go and make disciples the very end of the book he began chapter 1 with the presence of God he ends therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Look at this. And surely I am with you always. To the very end of the age. I am with you always. What's that? It's Emmanuel. That's God with us. Why does he say that? Because he just said, all right, your commission. I'm going back to heaven to be at the right hand of the throne of God. I'll be with my father. And he says, I'm leaving you here to make disciples. You got to go. You got to baptize. And you got to teach to obey. And when you do that, that's the great commission. Make disciples of all nations. Guess what? If you'll remember that I am with you always. As you go to make disciples, I am with you Always. I'm there. Wow. Talk about a motivating factor, huh? How about did you as a kid... Or as a parent experience in those thunderstorms or hurricanes or a bad storm of any kind in the middle of the night, you get up and jump into bed with your mom or dad, or your kids get up and jump in bed with you why because you 're scared to death and why because their presence gives peace and comfort and encouragement and and you put your arms around them or they, if, if you 're a kid and you, 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 your parents put their arms around you and hug you tight and cover you up and and if you feel safe in that storm, why because Your parents are with you. It's even better than that. God is with us. I will always be with you, even in the darkest storms of life, even in the midst of disappointment and pain and hurt and disease and covid Even in the midst of the worst addictions that you can imagine that you're going through or others that you know or are related to are going through. I am with you always. God with us. Folks, when God is with us, he he has to be seen. We can do the job he's called us to do. Of making disciples you say so what's the point of all this what's the miracle well the miracles the miracles are the forgiveness of God and the presence of God when we understand our sin which that's the whole point of getting that sin is the very worst ever news about the Christmas story because if there was no sin we wouldn't need Christmas we wouldn't need the birth of Jesus but because there is sin, we need Jesus. And when we understand that sin and how it's made us an enemy of God, Paul says we don't want anything to do with God. We don't seek after God. We don't want to know about God. Nothing at all to do with God. And yet that's how we were. And yet God so loved the world that he gave, right? The gift. That he gave his one and only son. Jesus was born as the greatest gift of all time. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That he loved us so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe wouldn't perish, wouldn't experience eternal separation from God in hell, but would have everlasting life. God with us forever. Whew. What a great, unbelievable, amazing gift. And when we grasp that truth that Jesus is the God who saves and forgives, that Emmanuel, Jesus is the God who is with us, His presence, what a miracle, And that people ought to see that difference in our lives. Yeah, we, we ought to realize in the midst of all that because he's with us, no one can be against us. And because he's with us, we can do all that he's called us to do as we just simply let our light shine before men. That they may see our good works, how we live our lives and do what? Glorify God Point to God. Give God the credit. Give God the honor. Give God the glory because of what they see in us. They see the presence of God and it can't help but shine brightly. That's why he says, let your light shine. That's our responsibility. And when we light those candles Christmas Eve, it's signifying, let your light Shine. That's what it's about. What an amazing, amazing Christmas truth. God saves, and God is with us. Whew. I trust if you don't know Jesus today, you will believe that he died in your place for your sin to provide forgiveness, and to change, transform your life so that his presence can live within you. Wow, what an amazing Christmas gift, huh? Beautiful, beautiful, unbelievable Christmas truth. Let's sing as we close our time together.